You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If this week. We are going to talk about miracles. <laughs> That's right. Miracles and the men of them. Yes. <laughs> this, this, this is a very exciting episode for me. I love this. Uh, I have been a big fan of this character, Mr. Miracle, a.k.a. Scott Free. Uh, just such a... He's a great character. I think that's part of his charm is the fact that he is like a C-lister. Um, so that way, when he does get that big exposure, it's out there. So this week, we are going to talk about Mr. Miracle. We're going to expose you to all the many great stories that are out there. That's right. We're going to give you a one-on-one on the Mr. Miracle of the new gods or of Apocalypse, however you want to look at it. So... Uh Let's go ahead and get into that spinner rack so we can talk about Mr. Miracle. All right. So it's Wonderful Wednesday. Here we are at our new comic book stores with all those brand new releases. What's out there? What should you keep your eye on? I would recommend let's go over to DC Comics real quick and let's see here. Uh, Aquaman 56 is out. And again, this is this is getting us towards the birth of the brand new Aqua Baby. Uh, if I remember correctly, that's either going to happen next month or possibly in March. But we are definitely going to see more of the family coming together. Uh, if you're a fan of classic Batman stories, Batman, the Golden Age Volume 6 trade paperback will be out. And this will continue on the classic adventures of Batman and Robin from way back in the day. And if you want something more modern, Batman's Grave, part four of 12 will be out. And this has the wonderful art of Brian Hitch. And this is, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the writer's name off the top of my head. Um, let's see here. Uh, Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis is finally doing Batman. So this is, I wouldn't say it's self-contained, but it's popping out. Like it's just kind of being its own big story. Whatnot. So if that's something of your interest, definitely check it out. Uh, right now, the birds of prey are very big. They just had a trailer drop. So black canary is getting a trade paperback. The birds of prey, black canary. Um, I highly recommend this book because what you're going to read about in this is something you've never seen because no offense to anybody who's played Black Canary, but they just haven't shown us Black Canary yet. I don't think we've seen her unless you're talking about animated adaptation. Oh, yeah. Live yeah, action. No. Live no, action just, on TV. They take so much liberty and they change it. And it's a shame because Dinah Lance is a beautiful, amazing character. Uh, so I would definitely say check this out. But even then, I warn you because this is going to collect Black Canary 1 through 12 and then the Black Canary sneak peek. So if I remember correctly, I think this is the uh, part of the Black Canary from the DCU adaptation and whatnot. So I guess in all honesty, if you want to see the true Dinah Lance Black Canary, go and get the actual Birds of Prey trade, trade paper. Yeah. That'd be the best way. So this is going to be the TV propaganda. Good stuff, but eh. All right, moving along. Crisis on Infinite Earths Giant number one. That's right. The CW is finally bringing us the Crisis on Infinite Earths. We've been talking about <laughs> it like crazy. It's been a wonderful event. Um, and this is a fun little side quest, I guess is a good way to do it. Um, this giant will actually collect four stories. Two of them are brand new and tied to the TV shows, and two of them are part of the actual original Crisis on Infinite Earths. So they're going to put out two of these giants. This will be the first one. Uh, if you can't wait or you want a different cover, go to your Walmart and good luck because this actually has been on the Walmart shelves for quite a while. Uh, I picked up the Walmart one. It's got a nice, uh, uh, it's the George Perez cover where he's holding Supergirl, but they've kind of done some different changes because oh, okay. they made it giant looking. Uh, so that's really neat. So yeah, if you uh, didn't listen to us, we did a after show uh, podcast for the first three episodes of the Inf crisis on infinite earth CW event. Um, you can check that on, on our back uh, log of uh, podcasts. You can find it on our website, geeklymedia.com. And then make sure that uh, next week, when they come back, we will be doing the same. Begin again. <laughs> You'll be hearing some tired comic book geeks. Geek out, though, because we're going to be that excited. That's right. I don't know. You Wait, know what I'm worried about, huh? Is it next week or is it this week? Oh, Actually, I think it's this week. You're scaring me. My bad. 
I'm completely. That means when this comes out, we've we've already watched the two episodes. That oh, time travel! <laughs> it's so weird. So go back and listen to our future stuff. <laughs> Marty, My bad. It's your so yes, you should. If you haven't listened to that, you go back and listen to all five episodes of the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, so we're gonna be hyped for it. I honestly, I hope we see more of Paragon Superman. Uh, just seeing Brandon Routh in the costume, uh, his Kingdom Come s Superman. God, it inspires me. <laughs> So I hope well, we, we left on quite the I know finger, it, so. was, it was a horrible note. So I'm I'm hopeful. <laughs> All right, let's see. Moving along, uh, Detective Comics issue 359 will be reprinted as a facsimile edition. Why is this important? It's the first appearance of Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. This is an amazing book. It's a great story. So if you want to see how it all began for Babs, this is the way to do it. Uh, Part of the Dollar Comics, this is a big one right here. Uh, They will be reprinting the Batman Adventures issue 12. So this uh, actually was the comic book adaptation of Batman the Animated Series, the TV show. So this is the actual first appearance of Harley Quinn in the comic book format. So you get to see a Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy go up against Babs. So a lot of Birds of Prey stuff there. So definitely check it out. Well, a lot of Batman stuff but it's all getting <laughs> merged into Birds of Prey. So yeah. Uh, but God, I remember I, I seriously, I think I was collecting Batman Adventures and I stopped at issue 10 because I thought that was a good number. Man, I could kick myself because that first appearance, that one's pretty up there. So do yourself a favor. Get the dollar one. You never know. <laughs> Flash issue 86 will be out this week as well. And this continues on with the rogues reign. So we get to see what's going on. Captain cold is blowing up right now. Uh, This is a big one and this one's going to have some huge ramifications and I don't know what to tell you. Flash forward, or I'm sorry, I can't read. Flash forward part five of six is out. Uh, so this will continue on. This will be the crux issue, and the next one will be the conclusion issue. Uh, but Flash Forward has been doing some interesting stuff with Wally West, so it's going to be pretty wild to see how this impacts himself and the DC Universe. Freedom Fighters will conclude this week with uh, issue 12 of the 12-part series. Uh, Green Lantern Legacy graphic novel will be released this week, and this collects... Um, Another Green Lantern. So, yeah, we have a lot of them. But this is the adventures of 12-year-old Ty Pham. Uh, He lives in the apartment above his grandmother's store. And basically, he comes to discover that somebody in his family is actually a Green Lantern. So, um, you know, this is it's neat. It's more diversity stuff, which is fantastic. But holy moly, we've got a lot of Earth-based lanterns. So this is going to be Yes, no kidding, right? Uh, But the art is very, very beautiful. So I don't know if this will eventually become part of DC canon or not. Uh, so definitely something out there. If you just want to read a story about a young kid finding the most amazing thing in the universe, that's where it's at. Justice League Odyssey number 17 will be out, continuing the space adventures. Legion of Superheroes issue 3 is out, continuing the Brian Michael Bendis era. Nightwing issue 68 will be out. Uh, in my eyes, I think this is going to be... So right now he's Talon, and we're starting to learn that the... Um, Oh, God, what are they called? The um, the Court of Owls. Right. They are actually a lot more responsible for what happened to Dick Grayson becoming Rick Grayson. Really? Yeah. So they did the uh, the Nightwing Annual Issue 2 written by Dan Jurgens. I'm glad Dan's on the book. He's really starting to steer it in a direction because, honestly, this whole like Rick thing is exciting. It's neat. It's different. But I don't feel like anybody was taking the wheel. So now that Dan's here, I feel like he's doing it, and I trust in Dan Jurgens. Um but yeah, so like the Talon finally did it. He managed to get Rick. Uh, he's got him in costume doing his bidding and everything. But anyways, before that, as soon as Rick was shot in the head, uh, his therapist, I'm not too sure, but like he was going to see a shrink of some sorts. That's right. Um, she actually turned out to be part of the Court of Owls. So they were manipulating him. So that way he wouldn't necessarily go back to Bruce Wayne and all those folks. Mm. So yeah, pretty, pretty wild stuff. So I have a strong suspicion and it would make sense. It's not like I'm doing some strong detective work here, but I would say Nightwing's going to be back with issue 75. So this is issue 68. So the countdown begins. Uh, Nightwing will have a trade paperback collected this week. Uh, This will feature these stories by, I just lost his name, uh, Pete Tomasi. So Pete Tomasi started writing... um, the first serious Nightwing uh, ongoing comic series. He started with issues 140 and then closed out the book at 153, I believe. Um, So anyways, a lot of great stuff here. Some fun stories, just Dick Grayson in his element, having fun, smiling and doing all the things that he does while still facing the BS that Batman has to deal with. So 
if you were to treat Nightwing the same way, you would treat Nightwing the same way at DC as they treat Peter Parker at um, uh, Marvel. Marvel. I mean, Uh and I'm not like character wise, but like uh, publication wise, what would be like the three other books that would be the Dick Grayson book? Like the so I guess you know like so. You obviously have Nightwing. There's the easy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the acrobatic Nightwing, you know, or the acrobatic adventures maybe of Nightwing. Okay. That could work. Um, uh, Nightwing Man of Mystery. Ooh, okay. Um, and Nightwing the Man of Wings of the Night. <laughs> <laughs> wing, wing Night Night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think you, you, you should pick a book. Or you should call a book like uh, Dick Grayson. Like that should be a book. Oh, okay, I like that. Um, yeah, just the title. So just like you have the Peter Parker book, or oh, I see. Yeah, the Peter Parker Spider Man. So Dick Grayson Nightwing. Yeah. Okay. Or um, I don't know. I think like Agent Nightwing might be good. Like if you kind of went with the more like all the Agent of Spiral stuff, and then but not just like I don't want him to go back to being an Agent of Spiral, but like more worldly CIA's like. Just yeah, like, those crazy adventures yes, across the globe. Exactly. Yeah. Stuff that doesn't keep him just in Bloodhaven. Though I understand that's a big thing about Nightwing is like he's he is your friendly neighborhood Nightwing. Well, but you know what? I, I feel like that was just recently injected because if you really look at it, like it's funny. Like I think that's why Nightwing is so friendly among all the superheroes of the DC universe because he traveled. Well, yeah, because Dick Grayson doesn't exist. True. Like he's more Nightwing than he is Dick. And it's like it's kind of like how they talk about that like Bruce Wayne and Batman one's the mask and the other. Dick Grayson and Nightwing are one and the same. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when he's in and out of costume, he's still the same type of guy. He's still doing all his wild antics and things like that in his helpful ways. Um so yeah, like and he was a big part of the Teen Titans because like once oh gosh, I forget which story. Well, yeah, once Teen Titans started blowing up, Nightwing pretty much left the Batman offices and was allowed to be controlled by what was going on in the Titans books. So he was always there. So even though the Titans may be stationed in San Francisco, they're still bipping and bopping all yeah. across the world yeah, wherever there's right. disaster. Um he really didn't come back to the DC offices until Night's End, when they were like, Oh, you know, let's bring him in and they even tackled that like why didn't you like why give it to Gene Paul Valley when you have Nightwing? Like, mm-hmm. Why not give the cow? And so they explored that. Uh, they did a big Batman story where uh, Pro- Batman Prodigal. So that was the first time Dick was Batman. Then after that, that helped launch a Nightwing book. And so, like, that's when he finally got entrenched back in the Batman offices because even then, like, Teen Titans or Titans of some sort really wasn't being used because right. nobody knew what to do. You know, Young Justice was more popular. JLA was more popular. So it's like, well, let's just farm these heroes out. Um, so that's where he kind of got the whole blood haven and, like, being stationed. Yeah. But you're right. He is very much, like, he can be played as an international hero, you know. Um, yeah, you could do something like that. Knight and then W.I.N.G., you know, Warriors in new gear <laughs> <laughs> but like i mean i think that'd be int- i think that is a character that that needs doesn't need could benefit from having multiple books like oh yeah he could like you could like honestly like he could be in birds of prey mm-hmm. he could be an outsider uh so he he's great with any team book and i think you're right he himself can carry team books he like you could even do stuff like just because the way the dc universe is right now you could easily do like you know the lost adventures of spiral so they could go back to him being agent 13 um they could go into more robin stuff and have him carry you know a a timeless book of robin adventures and things like that because it's funny um if you go back to batman the animated series i think one of their like their their highest successful episodes was uh, the, 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 I think it was called the ties that bind, but maybe I just have that title cause we were talking about, <laughs> stuff. but it was Ro- Oh, Robin's reckoning. Mm. Uh, it was the first two parter origin story of Robin. Like that one did amazing. I think it got like a lot of nominations for daytime Emmys and stuff like that. So, I mean, there is an audience for them. Yeah. I mean, even then too, actually it's either in March or April, they're going to do the uh, 80th anniversary of Robin. No, so he's going to get a giant 1000 page book. It's unfortunate. They don't get to call it, you know, Robin 1000 because they've 
canceled the series. And I'm sure if you did some kind of Marvel math, you could get a thousand appearances. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, be on the look for that. It's got a beautiful Lee Weeks cover, just going to be fantastic. Um, and actually, there's there's rumor about this DC 5G, and so this might be one of the books that's going to set it straight because New 52, they basically kind of said every Robin's only been Robin for a year. That way, it keeps Batman young. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, what the hell, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, sorry, kid, your 12 months are up. Get out, you know? Um, so I think they're going to go back to the idea well, I mean, of it's all. I mean, it's also interesting that you bring that up because. I think that's the way it is with all the sidekicks, all the Robins. It's like Tim Drake isn't really separated from Robin or now I guess Drake, but you know, like it's, you, well, especially now. Yeah, you're right. He, there is no distinction there's between no, him and the identity. Yeah. Know? Like, but that's the way, I mean, Jason Todd, well, after Jason he became Todd, Robin, he went right, right into red hood, but you don't think of Jason Todd going around doing things. You think of red hood going around doing things yeah. like, well, you're right. Like honestly, like the, the Robins, there is no distinction between them and their life. They haven't done anything in their life because Dick Grayson dropped out of college. Yeah. He became a cop, but even then he left that, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Todd was a kid, you know, best. He's an assassin, you yeah. know, like, okay. Uh, Tim Drake. I mean, he's still a kid, you know, like well, I don't even know was, if they put him in college. <laughs> well, there was the one time that right before flashpoint when, you know, Tim Drake, he had, he was using those crutches uh, to make people oh, think that... Oh, that's right. When he, he was the, been, the CEO of like Wayne Tech. Yeah, stuff. he had yeah, just yeah. been adopted by uh, Bruce, yeah. Bruce, and then Bruce died, yeah. so went away. So he was in, in charge of Wayne. I mean, so that, that was giving him an identity outside of Robin, but then that all went away. Yeah. And that was actually a really good series. Highly recommend that. The Red yeah. Robin book by Fabian Yeska. Man, that was a beautiful book. Yeah, no, but you're right. There's definitely, like, if they played it right, you know, and even then, like, you could just do a book, like, that'd be something. you just do a book called Robin, and it can. It can different, It can feature the Robins. It can explore different things. It can do timeless stories, all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Like, I wish, like, and that's what I'm hoping, like, with after this Rick Grayson thing passes, and I'm not disrespecting, like, I know a lot of the, the, the wing nuts, as they call the Nightwing fans, I know a lot of the wing nuts don't like it. And again, I was there too because it just it didn't like it felt like it was changed for the sake of change, not for the fake, not for the sake of purpose. No, nothing with it. So it was kind of like, well, why am I going to shell out almost four bucks for a book I'm not caring about? Uh, but now that Dan's on it, it definitely feels like it's got something. Uh, and two, like capitalize off the success of Titans. Like we finally have Nightwing on live action TV. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right, but let's see. Moving along. This is a book that'll definitely tickle Mitch. Uh, question, question, The Deaths of Vic Sage, part two of four. Ooh. Yes, the, 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 the question is back, and he's bringing some hard hitters with him. Um, he's got a creative team of Jeff Lemire, Dennis Cohen, and Bill Sankowitz. I believe Bill Sankowitz is doing the covers. Dennis Cohen is doing the interior art, and Jeff Lemire is giving a story. This is modern day. Vic Sage is dead. But now he's back alive in the 1800s. What's going on, man? So, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. So definitely do yourself a favor, pick it up, or wait till it's collected. But support this because maybe maybe Vic Sage really will come to life. <laughs> All right, let's see. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen hits issue 7 to 12. So if you want more crazy antics in the life of Jimmy, jo- Jimmy Olsen by the craziness of Matt Fraction, that's where it's at. Teen Titans hits issue 38. Let's flip on over to the other side of the fence and go on to the House of Ideas with Marvel Comics. Uh, Absolute Carnage, Immortal Hulk, and Other Tales trade paperbacks will be out. So that's right. The Absolute Carnage event has come to a conclusion. Uh, All the trades are out there. So if you missed out and you want to jump on this crazy bus, do it with these trades. Uh, There will also be Absolute Carnage, Lethal Protectors, Miles Morales, and Scream. Those three trades will be out as well. Acts of Evil trade paperback will be released as well. This took the last year's annuals and had them collected in one whole trade. So the idea was back in the late 80s, early 90s, they did this story art called Acts of Evil or Acts of Vengeance, I think it was called. And so it's like Loki knows he's always going to be defeated by the Avengers. So what if he goes up against the Fantastic Four? Red Skull knows he's going to get defeated by Captain America. So what if he goes up against Daredevil? So basically the villains decided to trade off and they were doing very well. Luckily, the heroes win because that's the plan. But yeah, Marvel at the time ran all their annuals together for one big story. It was pretty wild. So they tried to revive that this year with the Deadpool, Ghost Spider, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, Punisher, She-Hulk, Venom, and Wolverine annuals. So there's a collection 
collected great story in there. Um, it, it just didn't catch me or enthrall me, but if you're looking for something to sit down and read that expands the Marvel Universe, that's definitely fun stuff right there. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collections will be continuing out. We get Volume 25, Maximum Carnage. Mm-hmm. That's right. This was like the summer of the 90s. It was hot, and there were symbiotes everywhere. (laughs) I wish I had a Sega Genesis. I wanted to play that game so (laughs) bad. God, that was amazing stuff. Uh, Avengers issue 29 will be out as well, continuing on the the secret of who is the Starheart, the Hulk-looking one that's part of the OG Avengers 1 million BC. Contagion will be collected in a trade paperback. This was Marvel's way of... Kind of bringing back the Marvel zombies, but also trying to go up against what was deceased. Uh, so fun, nice collected story there that messes with stuff as well. Uh, speaking of the facsimile editions, Incredible Hulk 180 will be printed. Why print 180? Because there's a one page where this little <laughs> Canadian guy jumps out at you. Uh, they're actually they're going to do the Wolverine trilogy as they're calling it for these facsimiles. So they're going to pre they're going to print 180, 181, and 182. Okay, because even 180 is a uh, two parter so crazy stuff i i can imagine and i struggle with this as well because like i know i have both comics but it's interesting because like what constitutes the first appearance of a hero villain or i guess a character you know because sometimes you could even find an ad Mm. it's like well that was printed in a comic that's a print you know or as i showed you that direct currents you know it's like hey we've got this azriel guy coming up pretty soon there's the first you know the first appearance yeah. yeah you know so it's crazy so like mine is winter soldier so I think if I remember correctly, I think it's volume five of Captain America. It's the Ed, the Ed Brudebaker stuff back in 2004. Amazing. Put that on your must read list. Uh, so anyways, Captain America issue one, they show like his boot and it's like, that's the first appearance of the winter soldier. And it's like the, he's not even on the cover. He's there's nothing there. I don't even think they say the words winter soldier. So you're like, eh, you know, I, I, I guess that's where the greatness of the word cameo comes in. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if someone doesn't say, if he doesn't come out and just be like, uh, no, I guess that doesn't count either. If if you can't see the face, then it doesn't count. Yeah, that's how I view it. Like, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, background characters, no. Like, that's BS, you know. Um, then I think it's Captain America issue eight, if I remember. I'm just pulling this off the top of my head. But that's the one that, like, we finally see him. A full frontal shop. He's, you know, he's he's got his rifle and he's looking through it. And they even say, the Winter Soldier. Or no, that's when they even they, they we now know about the Winter Soldier. The, the the lore is out there, but this is where we find out. Not only do we know what the Winter Soldier looks like, but we also discover he is Bucky Barnes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. So I always I hold that issue. If I ever met Sebastian Stan, I'd probably have him sign that issue. I wouldn't have him sign the first one, but it's tough. So it's it's a pain in the neck. But at least with these facsimiles now, you could have the uh the strange saga of the first appearance of Logan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so pretty crazy stuff there. Uh, let's see. Incredible Hulk by Peter David Omnibus. Volume one will be out. Uh, Peter David's run on the Incredible Hulk was legendary. He even had Todd McFarlane as his penciler at one point. So if you are just enamored with Immortal Hulk and you want to get your green on, I recommend this. It's going to be pricey, but it's going to be some great reading. Um Oh, that's right. It's 2020, so it's time for <laughs> Iron Man 2020. That's right. Arno Stark is taking over the books. He's going to get a six-issue miniseries with various other tie-in books. So Tony is dead. Long live Arnold. What's going to happen? Well, Dan Slott, that's up to you to tell us. Uh, let's see. A ton of variants on that one. Jessica Jones will be getting her own six-issue miniseries. So if you love that crazy woman from the Netflix series, definitely get ready for more with Jessica Jones' Blind Spot, part one of six. Marvel Masterworks will be featuring Daredevil this week with volume 14 of his. Marvel Tales will be reprinting stories of Ravencroft. That's right. Their own crazy prison place. The Ravencroft. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I mean, maybe I just didn't pay attention. I can't say I've honestly heard of Ravencroft before this year. Yeah. I mean, it, it's supposed to be Marvel's version of Bell Rib, right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I have ever heard of it either. Yeah, it's just never been something like, oh, you know, like I know I can say Arkham Asylum. I know that. Mm-hmm. I've heard of Blackgate, you know, things like that. But yeah, this one. Eh. But anyways, I uh, mean, nope. Marvel has so many prisons already. I mean, this is supposed to be a hospital prison. Yeah, kind of thing. I understand that, but like, I mean, you had the slab, you have uh, the raft, you have. Uh, what was the the big house? The yeah, one that was, that was the, the tiny one. one. Yeah, yeah. Even then, what was it? Forty two, where they were sticking forty two. Yeah, the negative zone. Yeah, 
Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, let's see. Marvel's Black Widow prelude number one of two. So that's right. We have the solo Black Widow movie coming out very soon. So if you want to see some MCU comic book tales, this is one of the ones to pick up. But this is going to be tough because usually these books reprint stuff. So this might just be a comic book adaptation of Iron Man 2. Or maybe it'll be new story. I don't know because the contents are kind of sketchy. So we'll have to find out as you see it. Marvel's Spider-Man, The Black Cat Strikes, part one of five. So if you like that PS4 or five, I don't know what they're on anymore, but that amazing Sony Spider-Man game that just came out, they're building more of that world with these comic book adaptations. So this one will focus on Black Cat and all the craziness that she does. Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider, part two of five. That's right. Issue one was crazy. Frank Castle, the Punisher, met Frank Castle, the go- Cosmic Ghost Rider. Oh, they wow. told each other off. Like, it was intense. And <laughs> finally, like, and it was a really great moment because Punisher looked at Cosmic and he's like, well, if you're so great, why didn't you save the family? And they actually did have that. Like, he tried to do it and he was unsuccessful. So wow. that's a book that I do need to go back and read. So um, this one could be a really fun miniseries. Uh, Ruins of Ravencroft, speaking of the place. Ruins of Ravencroft, Sabretooth, number one. So he will be one of the crazy patients that's inside there. <laughs> of course. Uh, Star Wars, the original trilogy, the movie adaptations, trade paper will be back out. So that's right. If you want to know who shot first or if you want to go back to the time when Star Wars was classic or whatever you want, yeah. but these are out there. And then if you want to save some money, the True Believers line is out there. So we will have the Criminally Insane Gypsy Moth first appearance reprint, the Criminally Insane Mandarin number one. So that's kind of interesting that they chose the Mandarin. So there might be some big stuff going on there. Uh, Valkyrie, Jane Foster part, our issue well, seven will be out. Oh. He is going to be the bad guy in the Shang-Chi movie. I heard that. Yeah, because yeah. they're going to... Think what I understand is they're going to make him Shang Chi's father now. Like, what? Yeah, they're combining the, the characters. I well, it is what it and is, and it's not going to be uh, Ben Kingsley. Oh, now you've gone and done. It. <laughs> yeah, now that's going to be interesting stuff. You know, Ben Kingsley. They should just read like it'll turns out that was the because now they can. Uh, ben Kingsley, he's the chameleon. That would be cool. You know. I, so, I could accept yeah. that. Yeah, well, that way we finally like. But he's I don't a great think villain. we can use them. He, I think he. Well, they could say it, but you're right. Like Sony, they can't yeah. necessarily use it. But I mean, Sony would be all in gear because that's what's great about. They it already is- had that guy. They had that guy in Far From Home. They you they didn't they didn't they didn't call him the chameleon, but he has the oh, same his last secret name. name. Yeah, yeah, Roman or Cravenoff. Well, it's not Cravenoff, but it's because it, I know he is supposed to be Craven's cousin. But yeah, yeah, that's right. He doesn't have to have the same last name. Yeah, oh, darn it. Well, but I mean, there's there's a way they could play it into it. That way, it just it vouches for whatever the hell that was. <laughs> Uh, let's see the last book on the list here Venom the end number one I love these I love when the two companies do these like the final story the, the last um, yeah. so yeah so if you want to see how it all goes down for Eddie Brock and the Venom symbiote did you have do you have one that you like really like a lot because I remember reading Hulk the end yeah that and one, the I cockroaches think, <laughs> yeah Peter David wrote yeah, that. Yeah, yeah yeah so that was a biggie and I think I read Wolverine the end but oh, I'm yeah, not six sure miniseries. yeah and that ties in better to Wolverine origin than Wolverine origin 2 does yes it, yeah, yeah it does because it, it involves his older brother who you thought was dead yeah. but he was actually the one that's like been manipulating his life his whole time yeah i thought that was a neat twist uh i gotta say i guess if i'm looking at any of them the one that really sticks out is so okay two pop to mind so i'll go with the worst daredevil the end of days that one sucked oh really and it's a shame because it was brian michael bendis writing it but mm. it was like the book starts out daredevil's already dead and so it's kind of just the fallout who did it this and that and it just was like oh let's introduce daredevil's cool daughter and you're like Okay, I guess you know. Would it be Electra's daughter? I forget who the mother was. Mm. I forget. I, I think you're right. I think it probably was Electra. I mean, that makes that sense. Effect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one was kind of a lame one. Beautiful art though, uh, and, but the best one, and this one was insane because it just kept going and going and going. X Men: The End. Holy crap! Oh, and it was the three six issue miniseries by I Chris. Think I remember Claremont. that one. Yeah, because it was like when the Shi'ar just scorched Earth the X mansion, they carved the big giant X. Uh-huh. So from space, you could see, you know, all and, that. Yeah. Uh, and then the X men just kept taking the fight. Cassandra Nova came back. That was the one where like, it turns out Gambit was the third summer's brother. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just I love that one because again, it's Chris Claremont. So it's like how beautiful that you could basically just like read his entire run, and if you want a conclusion, there you go. Uh, do avoid, and it's a shame because it could have been fun, but. He did, uh, oh, God, what was it? It was like an alternate universe, like what if Claremont had stayed on the X-Men? Uh, I forget what they called those, but, yeah, that one, and it was just weird. <laughs> Claremont was getting crazy. Like, he wanted to kill Wolverine. Oh, wow. Like, when they did the 90s relaunch, he was like, let's kill Wolverine and take him off the board. Because he's too powerful. Yeah, Marvel's like, what? That's our cash cow. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, yeah. Oh, but, I remember that one. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I remember in that X-Men The End, because uh, they had, at the end of the books... They had the little character bios, like, you know, this is what, you know, like, and my character's Beast. So you you go to look at it and it says, but on it, it said, it said Hank Pym instead of Hank McCoy. Oh, no, I yeah. hate when that happens. And I was like, did he and a Pym have a kid? Like, <laughs> and then this is the kid and he's also a Blue Beast or did someone just mess up? And I'm yeah. like, I'm thinking someone just messed yeah. up. Uh, turns out he was an android the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but no, but I thought that was cool. Yeah, Beast. Uh, what did you think of that, him it, settling down with Cecilia Reyes? I thought it was Storm. No, no, no because Cecilia. Storm was the one. She was uh, paralyzed. Yeah. And Wolverine was kind of taking care of That's her. That's right. Wolverine was taking her. No, I mean, it makes sense to me for Cecilia Reyes. Yeah, I mean, they're both they're doctors, both, yeah. geneticists. They're, they're working on the same stuff, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, he became a lot more holistic yeah. in his older age, which was weird, but okay sure um but no yeah i i I remember enjoying a lot of that book because it was it was a lot of the characters that we enjoyed yeah oh man like cyclops had such great moments in that one like i really love that after the mansion was scorched earth and well because before that they had the summer's family rejects attack so it was like (laughs) madeline Pryor with strife the evil clone of cable and tyler the the son of cable um so they were all coming into attack and whatnot it was like this is crazy. And I just, I love that moment when Scott is just like so worn down by everything and everything that's happened. And he, he sits down with like a scotch to just kind of like, all right, I need a moment. And I think he's looking at a picture of Madeline and Madeline is there disguised at dusk and she's like ready to attack. And Scott just is like, I'm so sorry, Madeline. Like, I don't think he knows it's her. Right. You know, but he's just like, you were the biggest mistake I ever made. I should have handled that. And it was like, that was a cool moment. I thought that was great. Um, you know, coming to the conclusion with the whole Phoenix Force coming in and whatnot. Yeah, it was just, it was, it's, it's a wild ending, but the X Men are wild, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that is your spinner. Okay, yeah, go, go find X Men the end. <laughs> yeah, if you can. Uh, all right, let's get into talking about Mister Miracle, Scott Free. Yep. So this is one of my favorite quotes. It comes from. Uh, Mr. Miracle, the very first series, issue nine. So it explains the mystery of who is Hyman and what has he done? So this was one of Scott Free's uh, mentors. And so it finally comes to a point where Dark Side and Hyman are standing there and one is saying, Scott, you have freedom. And the other is saying, you are mine. And Scott finally just looks up and he rises and he sees the boom to him and he screams out, let me be Scott Free and find myself as he jumps through and the adventure begins. So, um, yeah, if you listen to us at all, you you've heard uh, the Tom King, Mitch Gerard's uh, Mister Miracle book come up multiple times. Yes. So it is shouldn't be any surprise that we're going to be talking about this yeah, book. It's but. an Eisner winner, so that tells you this is something <laughs> you should be reading. Um, it is definitely one of uh, Chris's favorite characters in the the two universes, and. I mean, there's there's a lot. As Chris described him as a C C list character earlier. There's still a lot to the character. There's a lot of back history. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, reattempts for them to try and make the character popular. Yeah, no, there's been, there's definitely been times where it's like, hey, let's jumpstart him, you mm-hmm. know? Because um, yeah, when he so just run into the I guess the quickies so. Uh, his first appearance is Mr. Miracle number one back in April of 1971. That's convenient. This is part of when Jack Kirby, like he had worked for both companies in the past. And then obviously the Marvel age happened that cemented him and everything was great, but everything wasn't so great. And he was kind of getting tired of it. Um, Mr. Miracle was actually going to be a character in the Thor books. Mm. He was getting ready to start playing with Ragnarok and the new gods in the Thor books at the time, but things were just not going as well, and he was getting tired of creating new characters and not having the acknowledgement. So 
he did, you know, enough's enough. And he closed the door on Marvel and he went over to DC. And so they played with it being in the Superman world of stories. So like things happening in Metropolis, uh, Jimmy Olsen, uh, and, and all these things, but it wasn't part of the Superman stories as of yet. Like in the post crisis, there's definitely a lot. Maggie Sawyer, Dan Turpin, and all these things. Uh, this, the SCU suicide slum, a lot of it, picks up because of, of Jack Kirby's create or uh, tri- uh, contributions to Superman. Uh, and it was funny because even the times when he would draw Superman in the books, they'd still turn around and have Kurt Swan come and draw Superman head over it. So uh, it did tick him off. But anyways, so yeah, he launched four books. Um, Mr. Miracle was the only one to get his own solo title because everybody else, the forever people, the new gods and Whatever the fourth one was, yeah. uh, but anyways, Mr. The Miracle. Eternals? No, not the Eternals, because he gave that one. To oh, that's Marvel. right, the Marvel. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Mr. Miracle got his own, and um, that I think uh, Kirby was on that for roughly I want to say either twelve or eighteen issues. Um, in the seventies, they decided to hey they they did a quick crossover with the JLA, the JSA, and the New Gods over in the Justice League book. So this is still pre-crisis when they were all in different universes. So they all teamed up. There was interest again in the New Gods. So they brought, oh, was it Steve Gerber? or I forget who it was, but they brought another writer to come in to relaunch the first volume of Mr. Miracles. They continued on with the numbering. But by the time it got to issue 24 and they were soliciting for issue 25, the book was canceled uh, because this is part of something called DC's Implosion. So they actually, they were editing, like putting out ads, like it's the DC explosion. (laughs) Look at all these brand new comics that we're doing and all these wonderful adventures. And they spent so much money and the money didn't come back. So they actually just killed like seven or eight books. So they were not concluded. So if you ever do decide to go back and read the adventures of Mr. Miracle in his first volume, be prepared for there to be a cliffhanger of an ending that won't get resolved. Uh, I've got a story, DC, if you're wanting. (laughs) So anyways, so then about the mid 80s, uh, DC was rechristened. Uh, The crisis had happened. And so a little book called Justice League was going to be released. And this would become JLI as we know it and the Bwahaha era of the superheroes. Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatis and Kevin McGuire, they came in and gave us some lovable stories. And luckily, Mr. Miracle is one of the characters they brought in. Uh, so before that happened, they did a Mr. Miracle special. Oh, this book is just beautiful. Like if you want to see something amazing about Mr. Miracle, this is a great one. Uh, oh, I just lost his name, but it was the assistant to Jack Kirby, Mark Evianier. Mark Evianier teamed up with Steve Ditko and they did a one shot. So that did so successful that they made a second volume of Mr. Miracle. I think that went on for another 24 issues as well. Uh, So luckily at that time, this would probably be like the most popular moments of Mr. Miracle, him being in Justice League and also in his own book. Um, All good things must come to end. You know, they've done a third volume of Mr. Miracle, uh, seven issues. Uh, and that one ended weird, but that was because at that point they decided to put all the new gods into one book because the new gods book isn't selling Orion and Mr. Miracle are selling. So, but they're not selling enough. So if you put those three together, that's the hope. Uh, so he kind of gets back seated into the saga of the new gods, but when he's on his own, it's amazing stuff. Um, let's see, where are we now? I think the next time he pops up would probably be like in the cartoons and whatnot. So there's gaining some interest and we'll talk more about that in a minute, but then like he like in in modern stuff um we see him make an appearance in the Justice League part of the New 52. So the New 52 there were some great moments for him. Um I think you started collecting those changes the the Earth 2 stuff. Mm, so no, when, I didn't but I wanted to. Oh okay. Well so oh, the trades yeah yes. the trades yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Earth 2 Justice League um that story when they did the weekly book I think it was Justice League or no I think it was called Earth 2 uh, world's end that featured a lot of the new gods. So Mr. Miracle got some great story in there. Um, then they decided to introduce Mr. Miracle properly into the new 52. And that was with the do the dark side war, which is another story we love. We talk about that one a lot. Uh, so that would be like a modern updated origin. And then finally with the DC universe entering the rebirth era, as Mitch mentioned earlier, we got Tom King and Mitch Gerards to team up and give us the 12 issue maxi series. Mr. Miracle. <laughs> so that's that's the rundown of all that's, the books. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's his limited series, you know, kind of idea of uh, 
people who are trying to not revamp him, but just revitalize him, I guess. Is the best yeah, well, that's the thing is like he, he definitely like they've never just really gone back and tossed everything. It's more like, OK, what what story can we give him? What's the motivation to bring him back in? And and it's been great stuff, you know. So um, if you remember from the Thor movie, you had um, Odin defeating the ice giants. And when he goes to look down, he sees that there's a baby there, a baby ice giant. Uh-huh. Well, he takes that ice giant home. We now know him as Loki. Like they raised him as his own son. So that's created by Kirby. Yeah, yeah, that is part. Uh, part of the. Yeah, they they took Stan and Jack took the Norse mythology and mixed it a little bit up. So yeah, there is definitely a lot of that. Here. That's a good point out that the enemy raising the son of yours. You so know, then, yeah, like when Jack decides to go over to DC and create the new gods and and Dark Side and the Apocalypse, he's like, okay, well, to have a ceasefire. To have uh, so a high father of New Genesis, their leader, their like essentially God, you know, their their ultimate being. Yeah, uh, he their Odin. Is, yeah, their Odin is at war with Darkseid, just the ultimate and evil. Um, so yeah, the two. Well, Metron, Metron is the one who brokers. The That's deal, right, because he's Cause he's just, not technically on either side, yeah, right? He just he wants stuff to happen. He's a weird scientist. Yeah, uh, so he'll manipulate events. And so sure enough, that's what he does. He plants the seed of, hey, maybe if you guys switch babies, you won't bomb each other because you're baby. Yeah. And sure enough, they do. So that's how. And for Darkseid, it's not more of a, it's not more of a, um, like, I want to do this for the peace kind of thing. At least the way I always read it, it's the more that, oh, High Father has to give up his son. I yeah, like just that. to punish him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's another form of punishment. Um, it's, you know, eventually he knows something's going to go wrong. So it's like, hey, this is this is a broker chip. Uh, this is going to allow me to do things or, you know, hey, this puts my blood in your kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he doesn't do it because it's like, well, I genuinely care. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get something out of this. Yeah. <laughs> and High Father raises uh, Orion, Orion you know, as his own son, you know, yeah. as his, one of his top generals, raises him with care and stuff like that. Whereas Darkseid throws Scott... I guess there's not. He probably doesn't have a name. Yeah, at that, at that point. point he didn't even have a name. So he he throws the baby to uh, Granny, Granny Goodness, goodness and, who is all about just torturing. Yeah, raising and torturing. I and mean, that's she, she actually she named him Scott Free as a mimic uh, as, as a mockery. Yeah, because he, he would to never escape. be Scott yeah, Free. He'll never be free. Yeah. Yep. So you have the you have the the two of them being raised completely different, but uh, luckily Scott is still good. And Orion is still good. You know, Orion becomes good. Yeah. So, I mean... They have altruistic means. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Scott eventually being who he is, would you say that, that his, that's his superpower is the escaping? Yeah. Like, that's what I... Because... So, what's interesting is, and depending on which origin you look at or which, which extension of stuff, so... As I mentioned at the start of this, you know, Mr. Miracle issue seven or nine, I forget now, had him escaping to Earth. So, like, when Jack Kirby introduced him, he's already a grown man. Uh, He meets Thaddeus Brown, who is actually the first Mr. Miracle. Uh, That guy, Thaddeus Brown, is just an escape artist. That's his stage name. That's all that stuff. Uh, He gets killed by some mafia people because... Like as we like everything was a big mystery. Like Jack Kirby just peeled onion layers back, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I don't know if he necessarily knew he was going with story as well. Not to knock the guy, um, but yeah. So you know, the original Mister Miracle is killed. Uh, Scott Free has a mother box. He basically adopts the identity. He befriends Oberon, and they continue on the legacy of that is that is Brown. So yeah, I would say like because most of the new gods like if we we see all these characters like Orion, he's just a dog of war. He's super powerful. He's strong, and all these things. So Scott Free, I mean, he's obviously going to have strength because he's he's an alien at the very least. Whether you look at them as religious characters or not, but he's an alien. But yeah, he's just he's like I would say he definitely has like a gifted mind. He's a strategist. Uh, he's a tinkerer. But yeah, he's no matter what always going to find a way out of any puzzle. Yeah, so I mean, he's not—he's obviously not as big as Calibac. He's not as as powerful as Oberon or Oberon Orion, sorry. And he's not uh, as as strong as as even his wife, Big Barda. Yeah. Like she's obviously just a big woman. She manhandles him. <laughs> <laughs> but that's his thing—is that he can escape. Now, do you think that 
it was a manifestation because of his circumstances or is I it would, just I would definitely say so okay. like I don't like because even that's like that could be an interesting elseworlds or whatever they want to call them like what if the pack never happened mm-hmm how would Mr. Miracle have grown up? You know, how would uh, o- uh, Orion have grown up? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's interesting because like even Orion, like he looks very humanoid looking. And Until when you look at Calabag, oh. Calabac, and he looks very monstrous. And you're right. The, the mother box actually helps tamper Orion and his physical appearance. But yeah, if he had grown up on Apocalypse, would he be just as crazy weird looking as uh, Calabac? Mm-hmm. So, I mean... And then what would Scott Free like? Would one would he be called guys for Scott Free? No, probably not. He would no. be he'd be called something else. And then would his mind have adapted to strategy yeah. for like yeah, battle need or would he have just been? Yeah. So that's I mean it's all it's interesting. I mean it's it's obviously a writer thing. Like they were like, oh, we need him to be great at escaping stuff because that's what he's going to be doing. Yeah. So that's what he that's what he got and. uh well, because even then, even the origin of this kind of like the behind the scenes, um, Jack Kirby was really good friends with um, an escape, yeah, an escape artist, comic book artist uh, by the name of Steranko, Jim Steranko. So Jim Jim Steranko is a trippy dude. Uh, he drew some amazing Nick Fury comics and whatnot. He interjected a lot of the psychedelic look of the seventies. Oh 70s comic. wow, okay. Yeah. And so, but he was just one of those crazy guys, kind of like how Alan Moore is. Alan Moore is a magician as well as a comic book Of course writer. he is. Uh, yeah, that beard, it's the same <laughs> uh, But anyway, so yeah, like, you know, there was a lot of great respect. So if you take a lot of the, the Old Testament stories, New Testament ideology of Jesus Christ, mix it in with, you know, the amazing theatrics of Harry Houdini and splash it with the temperament of Jem Steranko, you have just the right amount of Mr. Miracle, you know? <laughs> and so that's where a lot of that comes from. And even then too, uh, uh, big Barda, the, the wife that you mentioned, uh, I believe she is based off of Jack Kirby's wife, Roz as well. So it's like, Oh wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That makes sense. So yeah, he definitely used a lot of the people he knew to make these characters. And uh, I think that's what helps. Because it is funny, like you have Big Barda and she's this amazing warrior woman, but same thing, she was raised as one of the female Furies by Granny Goodness. Eventually the leader you know, of the female yeah. Furies. So she's one of the greatest fighters. But what makes those characters fun is the way they interact with each other. All the you know, the 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 the, 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 the shenanigans of domestic life when you're a new god, you know. So that's what's fun about them. So how does uh after if after he leaves Apocalypse, makes it to Earth, finds Thaddeus Brown? Yes. Uh how does he eventually meet up with uh Barda again? Like did he know her in the pits of Apocalypse? Yeah, so he actually knew her. Like there's one that's really pretty wild. Uh John Byrne, I think it was. So John Byrne started uh um Jack Kirby's Fourth World. So they actually, when they in the '90s, they started really giving a lot more history. So in the origin, we see that you know Scott Free comes to Earth now, or back then. Um, in this new update, it turns out that Scott Free comes to Earth like in the 1800s. Oh, okay. So he had met Barda on Apocalypse uh, because when they when he's escaping, he's actually like you know Barda come with and she can't, and he's like you know I love you and we will find a way. So they take off. Uh, they don't get married, but they there the love is there and the relationship is there. So he comes to Earth and in John Burns' version, he sets him in the eighteen hundreds. So Scott Free is actually you know a gunslinger and all this stuff, and so he's he's doing the wild you know wild things and whatnot. Um, he would marry women, and then it get to a point where like he would actually start posing as their son. Because, because he, he was aging, yeah, you know, and so stuff like that. So that's an interesting one. Uh, there's a trade paper out. I'll talk about that later. That that features some of those stories. But yeah, to me, it's I, I always pictured he comes to Earth. He's just stumbling around, you know, like what do I do? And he just happens to be walking by one day and sees this guy in a colorful costume doing wild things. And that's totally the antithesis of what he's been raised. You know, looking at drab horrible people doing monstrous things and here's a guy who's like reveling in it like yeah i'm gonna be chained up and there's a flamethrower facing me and an anvil's about to fall on me but i'm gonna escape so that must have been like ooh, you just said my favorite word (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh speaking of or a little bit earlier you know the brief publication history of him. What are the stories that people should be looking out for? So for me, what I'd recommend, and luckily this last year, um, actually, I think it was 2018 was the 100th birthday of Jack Kirby. 
And so there's been um, an increase in collected editions. So you have, let me see if I can find this right. So there's the big omnibuses, Jack Kirby's Fourth World Omnibus. Uh, they've done them as hardback omnibuses. They've done them as trades as well. So if you want to try to get the big scope of the sequence, that's definitely there, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, they did a trade, um, uh, Jack Kirby Presents Mr. Miracle, and that features the origin, like everything, Jack Kirby's envision of Mr. Miracle. So I would recommend that because that features, like it doesn't feature the pact, where we see like the baby trade, but it, it's the ramifications growing up on apocalypse, escaping to earth, reunited with big Barda and going on with everything. So that was really fun stuff. So that's out there. It's a big pink cover with a, and it's funny because of all the Mr. Miracle pictures, they could have, they picked the worst one. <laughs> no offense to that cover designer, but that thing sucks. <laughs> uh, but that's out there. So if you want to read the straight off the Jack Kirby, Boom, it's out there. Uh, there are plans in the next couple months where they're going to do, and I don't know why they're doing it this way. So that's in trade paperback format. They're going to take when Steve Gerber uh, took over. Uh, well, after Jack Kirby left the book, he, he left it, and then they revived it, as I was saying, in the uh, in the uh, DC explosion era. And what's nice about this is Marshall Rogers is the artist. He draws amazingly. You should look him up. Google Marshall Rogers Batman great beautiful stuff he just has these amazing flowing capes so that works very well for mr miracle yeah so there is plans to release that as a uh hardback and that'll continue like i said i think kirby went one through 18 so this will collect 19 through 24 25 um so that's fun if you want to read the original stuff um there is a trade out there um that does collect the mr miracle special um, you could probably actually just pick up the Mr. Miracle special by itself. It's just called that Mr. Miracle special number one. Uh, the trade that has it, uh, it's a new gods trade and it features various stories. John Byrne will be one of the writers on there. So that'll actually collect the special. And then these Western tales that I was talking about. Um, but then most importantly, Tom King and Mitch Gerard, their 12 issue series, uh, trade and hardcover already. Um, Barnes and Noble got a special edition cover of it and that's pretty wild too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that would be basically like the out there stuff to look for. Uh, I would say sprinkle in some justice league international, definitely like pick up volume one or two. You'll find more characters to fall in love with, but Mr. Miracle has some great fun moments in those as well. Oh, actually there's one I forgot. Speaking of kind of like what we were talking about with the end, uh, if you want to see how it ends for the new gods that has happened, uh, Jim Starlin, so Jim Starlin, we know him as, you know, creator of Thanos and a lot of the Marvel space stuff, wild adventures there. Uh, he was very much inspired by the new gods. And so when he created his creation of Thanos, he originally was going to have him look like Metron, the weird guy who sits in the chair manipulating stuff. And then they basically told him, he said, well, why not just rip off Darkseid? That's the cool one. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is kind of like, because for the new gods, it's probably, yeah, Mr. Miracle, Darkseid, and Orion. Yeah. No offense to the others, but yeah, it's just, it's never caught on. It's like Legion of Superheroes. Some people fall in love with it. Some people don't. Um, so anyways, yeah, they, they did uh, the, the Death of the New Gods. So I think it's either a six or an eight issue miniseries. Uh, this was going on around the time of the final crisis in the DC Universe. So this was supposed to tie into that and explaining why the New Gods are dead. Uh, it doesn't necessarily do that, but it's its own wonderful story. So if you wanted to, you could read his first appearance by Jack Kirby. And then you could read how he dies, according to Jim Starlin in The Death of the New Gods. And he gets a cool costume in that one. He gets angry. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That's huge because Scott never really gets angry. So uh, in the idea of uh, of this show, we, we talk about um, – we've, we've talked about – like I said, we've talked about the Mr. Miracle uh, 12-issue maxi series plenty of times. But uh, why don't you just give a brief – idea of what that story is all about and why why it is that you enjoy it so much so for me uh, so on, on the personal side of it like when you read this book okay it's gonna be definitely like mature adult content uh, not because like you know like boobies but because it talks about like suicide wanting to live and not wanting to live um I've been found I've, I've been stuck in a rut you know and it's like man it's just the monotony of your day-to-day -day job you know the job is just not as exciting for you you know life is just that and so when you're escape, when you're an escape artist, if life is not grand and you escape grand things, 
What does it mean to then escape life? So this book opens up and it's huge because the first page is just a face shot of Scott Free and it's all of Jack Kirby's words. So Tom King quotes him from Mr. Miracle number one, you know, here he is, Scott Free, the man of, you know, blah, 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 all the hyperbole. You turn the page and it's a two page spread and it's Mr. Miracle slicing his wrists, laying there bleeding out on his bathroom floor. That hit me because I've like growing up, you know, like I said, I would cheat. You always buy Avengers and JLA because that was the way to get more heroes for you. <laughs> and I would remember Mr. Miracle being there. You know, he was always in the background or something. And I just thought he was an interesting character. And I read up about him. I thought mother boxes were cool. And now they exist. They're called, you know, cell phones. Um, so I just thought he was an interesting cat. And, you know, I, like I said, it was wild to read the, the death of the new gods to see him angry. But to read this, to see him depressed blew my mind and not only just depressed, but depressed enough to commit suicide. So when you read this story, this 12 issue arc, it's going to be interesting because the ending is going to be up to you. It's not explained perfectly. It's left to interpretation. So did after he commits suicide is, did he leave the DC universe and go on a crazy, you know, spiritual walk? Did all these events happens or whatnot? So basically, he commits suicide. Um, luckily, he lives. He he's he's just kind of tripping out on stuff. He's having hallucinations of Oberon, and we come to discover that Oberon is dead as well. Um, so he's living his life, and in this new life post suicide, you know, Orion comes and our Orion comes, and he's like, "We need you to take the battle on. We are having a horrible war. People are dying left and right between the war of high of." Uh, Apocalypse and New Genesis. So Mr. Miracle and Barda get involved and they wind up killing Granny Goodness. So now the war has changed, but now it's escalated. So they're almost perceived as enemies of New Genesis. And Orion is going full throttle. Like he is just crazy angry and he's trying to turn the screws on Scott. Finally, Scott has enough and he, he challenges Orion and he winds up becoming the king of New Genesis. And then to top it off, he finds out Big Barda is pregnant. So now he's going to be a father and he is the king of New Genesis. What do you do? He doesn't want to be on New Genesis. He just wants to be living his life and doing his theatrics and, and all that wild stuff. But now it's like, oh, honey, uh, I'm going to wake up. I won't be here tomorrow because I'm going to war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's got to deal with that. And there's the ramifications of it. Uh, when you have to take a life, when you witness others take lives, when you see your friends die and all that. So a lot of PTSD tripping, a lot of... Um, Emotional baggage from dealing with battle uh, is faced here. So again, if those are, are are things you are interested in seeing somebody else explore, please read it. If those are things that you feel could not sit well with you, then I, I would advise you to stay away from it. Uh, it's a beautiful story. And in the end, finally, Scott Free comes to it and he takes on Dark Side and you know, throughout the book, there's these splash pages of Darks or splash panels of Dark Side is. And in the end, you discover that Dark Side is. You know, what is he? You know, he's just, he is. It's that dark corner in the thought of your mind. It's that voice telling you're not going to be successful because the anti-life equation is based off of that hate plus fear plus self-loathing divided by bad toenails equals, <laughs> you know, so Scott Free contains the uh, the, the anti-life equation. Um, so after he defeats Darkseid, he comes to find out that it was Metron who set all this up and he's like, I just wanted to put you through all this stuff. I just wanted to see what was going to happen. So now the tough question is, does Big Barda, the baby, the death of Oberon, the suicide attempt, did all of it happen? Did it not? That's up to you. And that's what's, that's another beautiful point of the story because as we were talking before recording, how does this fit in? Is this a new 52 story? Is it a rebirth story? No, it's just a crazy adventure of Scott Free. And I think this is more like the behind the scenes of it. Tom King was saying one day he was walking around and he had a major panic attack. Uh, he thought he was actually having a heart attack. He went to the hospital and, and, and went to get checked out and everything. Uh, and he was just, he's a, he's freaked out by the world, you know, and he's a former CIA guy, counterterrorism, uh, a lot of wild stuff going on that he was dealing with. And one of the best ways Tom King handles it is with his comics, his writings. So he does amazing stuff. Because uh, I found it funny that even if we go to his Batman run, he's the first person to inject the idea of a young Bruce Wayne committing suicide. Mm. So it's, it's so, I mean, I hope Tom's okay. <laughs> Give him a hug, somebody, please. Um, 
But anyways, it's it's an emotional story that Tom went through in the trappings of Mr. Miracle. So it's wild, but just beautiful love between, you know, Scott and Barda, uh, wonderful adventure, uh, vegetable platters, wild stuff. Vegetable platters. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. If you uh, have some uh, free time, definitely give that a read. It's probably going to come up here in our near future, so you Very do want to check so. that out. <laughs> Get um, prepared. If you have any more information on mr miracle that you loved for us to talk about or you just want to want us to know uh let us know you can find me on twitter i am at mitchipedia g-e-m g-e-m stands for geek elite media you can also find chris online at stuff i should say stuff shoulds being spelled s-h-u-d the rest of geek elite media is at geek elite media on twitter at at geek elite media on instagram and facebook.com forward slash geek elite media is our facebook page check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website geekelitemedia.com but until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.